Hello, and welcome to the Faith Church Podcast channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. We can only do what we do because of the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the giving tab. Or you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. Now get ready as our lead pastor, Steve Husky, brings us part three of our series, Ghost Stories. everybody today. How's everybody doing in the house today? Man, it's great to see you. That was some powerful worship. Man, I'll be honest, I almost fell out right there at the end. That was that's some great worship. Uh, well, listen, we're going to jump right in to, uh, to this message. And so if you're taking notes, just right out of the gate, here's something I want you to hear. Going the right direction, everybody say this, going the right direction is what gets us to the proper destination. I mean, that's, that's nothing profound. I mean, we can, we can, we can talk about that in, in, as we navigate roads and try to get to our destinations wherever we're driving. So nothing profound, but we just know it's true. Again, it's a very simple truth, but it's true. Again, going the right direction is what gets us to the proper destination. If you take a wrong turn, you're in trouble. In fact, for all you that have been here long enough, you know my, uh, my geographical challenges are well documented from this platform. I just do a lot of things well. God's blessed me with a lot of gift sets. One of them is not driving and going the right direction. And I just can't explain it. It just, it doesn't click. It doesn't register. In fact, I've entitled a new disease. Uh, in fact, I should get some credit for this. Directional dyslexia. Does anybody else here have directional dyslexia? Directional dyslexia is when you should turn right and for some reason you go left. When you feel like you're going north and in reality you're going south. I mean, it's just all backwards. And, and I know, I know the old thing is, you know, kind of the old mindset is, well, men are just too proud to pull over and ask for directions. I'm just going to tell you, that's not me. That's not me. I want to get to my destination. Here's why I don't pull over and get directions. There's, there's really two reasons. First of all, the reason I don't, number one, is because when I pull over and ask directions, when they start giving directions, my mind just zones out. Kind of like some of you zone out in math class. When people say, so you want to go about a mile and you want to turn right and you'll see a white house about a half mile, you want to hang a left, it's Jones Boulevard, hang a left on Jones, and they'll go through eight turns. I quit listening after the first turn. Like, I'm looking at them, but it's just like the hamster's not spinning on the wheel anymore. Here's what I would really like. If I could have my way, here's what I'd like. Because this happened twice. I was on my way to weddings. Weddings, I wasn't invited to weddings. I was performing. Twice this summer, I was on my way to weddings I had directions. They gave me good directions. People wrote me treasure maps, like X marks the spot. I'm driving down the road with my phone. I got Google Maps on, series, series the sweet honey in my ear on the way, and I get lost. Like, I can't even explain it. I'm yelling at Siri, no, there is no right turn. There's not a road here. I don't care what you say. I keep going back and forth. I took, I'm telling you, I had to get in four-wheel drive. It was horrible. It was horrible. You can be late for a lot of things in life. You can't be late for funerals when you're doing them, and you can't be late for weddings when you're performing them. Thankfully, I was on time. But here's what I would love to have. If I had an option, I would love, if I pulled up to ask for directions, I would love if I could do this. Hey, listen, 
How about you just get in your car with me since you know where you're going and just take me there. In fact, you can be my guest at the wedding. And when it's done, I'll drop you back off on the way home. Wouldn't that be a great option? Hey, just come with me. I would love to have that option. When I think about that, wouldn't that be a great option to have in life? That as you try to navigate life, as you try to decide what's the right direction to get you to destination, wouldn't it be great to have somebody in your journey with you, in your car with you as you navigate life? In fact, I would say it this way, that going the right direction when faced with a decision, it's what gets us to the proper destination. Here's what I know about everybody in this room. Everybody in this room wants to be happy. Everybody in this room wants to have success. You want to have relational success. You want to have business success. You want to have financial success. You want to have, like, we want to have success in life. The challenge is the reason a lot of us are not getting to the destination of success is because many of us are not going the right direction when faced with the decision because we don't have the right information. We're going the wrong direction, and it's leading us down a wrong path. And some of us are in this room, and you're trying to make, you're trying to make, relational decisions. Is this the right person for me? Should I date this person? Do I go out with this person? Do I start dating now or do I wait? Some of you are in career decisions. Do I start this, do I start this business? Do I stay at this job? Do I ask for a raise? Do I wait? Do I move jobs? And we're trying to navigate our, our, our finances and our careers. We're trying to decide what school do I go to? What, do, I, do I go to Auburn? Do I go to Alabama? Do I go to, do I go to Northwest Shoals? Where do I go to school? And in the life of all of our decisions, ultimately, as you make decisions in life, you are going to end up at some destination. So the real challenge is this, is how do we navigate those decisions of what direction to go to get us to the right destination? And so today, I'm going to talk about, for a few minutes, about how we have this person with us, the Holy Spirit, who is there to help us to make the decisions we need in every area of our life, whether it's parenting, whether it's career, whether it's occupation, whether it's marriage, relationship, whatever it is, I believe the Holy Spirit is with us to help us to navigate life. He doesn't just give us directions. He's in the journey with us. And so if you're new here today or you've not yet been here for this series, again, maybe this idea or this, these words, the Holy Spirit, might be an odd term. Again, if you come from a more traditional background, the Holy Ghost, as known in Scripture. And we've been talking about this through this series, Ghost Stories. Because, again, based on what denomination station you grew up listening to, again, I keep saying this, and I've had people come and speak to me and say, Pastor, man, I've grown up in church. We've never, never heard much on the Holy Spirit. I've never really learned about who the Holy Ghost is or what it is. And we've been saying this through this series at week one, that the Holy Spirit is not a force, it's not an it, it's not an energy. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit, in fact, is the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he is with us. It's not just who's with us, but why he's with us. Because Jesus introduces a conversation in John chapter 14 that takes place in John 14, 15, and 16. And basically, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, my mission's about over. I've come to this earth for a very distinct reason, not just to teach, not just to do miracles, but ultimately he came to be a sacrifice for the sin of humanity. He came with the mission to die on the cross. And he said, I'm getting ready to be out of here. I've been with, he's talking to his disciples, saying, I've been with you everywhere you've gone. I've been your teacher. I've been your help. I've been your conviction. I've helped you learn about the kingdom. I've helped you understand life. He says, but I'm leaving, which they panic. They freak out, no, Jesus, you can't go. 
He says, but don't worry, I'm going to send you another one just like me. I'm going to send you another helper. The same way that Jesus was with the disciples locally, the Holy Spirit is with us globally. And last week we talked about one of the very distinct reasons that Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, that he is our divine reminder. He is, the Holy Spirit is the sticky note of the soul. In fact, here's what Jesus said about who the Holy Spirit is. He says, but when the Father sends the advocate is my representative. That is, come on, say it, the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. We tossed last week that we need to be reminded of what's out of bounds, what's in bounds, what's okay, what's not okay. As Christ followers, here's the word. We need to, we, we need to be reminded of that sin, that that doesn't honor God. And the Holy Spirit, he comes and he reminds us. You don't have to navigate black and white. You don't have to navigate inbounds and out of bounds. You don't have to navigate what's right and what's wrong on your own. The Holy Spirit is there to remind us. And he's there to remind us that we're righteous. No matter when you mess up, you are still a child of God. I love it because, man, I feel so condemned. I feel like such a failure at times, but the Holy Spirit is there to tell me that in my sin, I'm still a son. That again, that my struggle doesn't define my relationship with God. My relationship with God, listen, it's, it's fixed forever because of what Christ has done. And the Holy Spirit's there to say, Steve, you're still a son. You're still a child of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And so we went through that. I'd encourage you to go back and maybe listen to that. But again, this idea, imagine what it would be like to live your life, to go through your journey with a person with you. Because again, that's what Jesus said. He said, the Holy Spirit, he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Come on, everybody shout in me. I need some feedback this morning. Say in me. The Holy Spirit, he is in us, in life, as we navigate, as we journey, as we make decisions, as we take turns. The Holy Spirit's with us. It's kind of like, you know, that phone, that Siri, Google Maps, kind of leading the direction. Every one of us in this room, you have an internal GPS. Now, you may not be aware of it. You may have never turned it on. It may be running in the background of your, of your, of your personal cell phone life. And you're not aware that it's there running, but I'm telling you, if you are a child of God, if you've put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, the moment that happened, the moment you said yes to Jesus, the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of you, and He is there to remind you, and He is there, and we're going to see this in a second, to help lead the life you're living, to direct you, to help you make decisions in the midst of conflicting, sometimes evidence, in the times of uncertainty and unsurety, the Spirit of God is there to make your path, your direction very clear that you know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. How many people here would like to know that? So, in fact, here's what Jesus says very specifically about this person, the Holy Spirit, and what he does in our life. Here's what he says. Come on, y'all read this with me. When the Spirit of truth comes, when did he come? When you got saved. The very second you said yes, the Holy Spirit came. So when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he'll not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. That's some great information. So Jesus makes this promise. Now, I, here's, here's the beautiful thing about this. If all we did was buy into this scripture, that Jesus, Jesus told me that the Holy Spirit's in me, and part of the reason the Holy Spirit's in me and he's in you is he's there to guide us. He's there to guide us in all truth. If we really believe that, we could walk out of here today with this confidence, like, okay, 
Come on, church. Like, okay, I choose to believe that. I choose to start listening to that. I choose to lean into that. I choose to start surrendering to that. And I'm just telling you, if we can just get that far to buy what Jesus said and start living it out, I'm telling you, everybody in this room would start getting to a different destination because you'll have more information when you make decisions amidst the direction of life. But I'm going to help us today to maybe help understand what this means. Because when Jesus makes this promise to us, and he says he'll do what? He'll what? He'll guide. Come on, everybody shout that. He'll guide us. When he makes this promise, this word literally means he'll show you the way. Isn't that awesome? Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit in life will show us the way. Well, how does he do that? This idea that the Holy Spirit shows us the way or... We'll get into this a lot, but how he speaks to us. Because that would seem, for some of us, wait, Pastor Steve, you're telling me the, that God speaks to you? You're telling me that God shows you the way? I'm just telling us together, let's just lean into what Jesus promised, and let's make that be our starting point. Because I want everybody to know something in this room. God does speak. God speaks. He promises to show us the way. The question is, how does he show us the way? If you're taking notes, there's four ways that God shows us the way in life. There's four things that God uses to show us the way. There's four things that God shows that uses as directional signs through life. There's four very distinct ways. There's not five ways. There's not three ways. I promise you, no matter, you can come up with eight, but those eight will always fit in these four. There are four things that God uses to speak to our life, to help us navigate life, make decisions, and end up in the right destination that he has for your life and for mine. Number one is his word. See, if all you call it is the Bible or a holy book, you missed it because it's not just a book. It's not just another book. It's not just a religious book. I'm here to tell you today that the Bible is God's living word. And when you read it, he is speaking to you about his will for our life. It says it this way, that, the, that all scripture is inspired by God and it profits us for doctrine, what to believe, for reproof. For correction, when we're, again, when we're wrong, it shows us what's right. When we're right, it affirms that. Instruction in righteousness, how to live this life out. And so God speaks to us. And so every time you open your Bible, every time you're reading the Bible, it's God speaking to us. But the number two way that God speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit. God does speak to us through those still small, that still small voice, through those whispers, through those urgings, through, through that pool we're going to talk about. Number three way God speaks to us is by the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we'll talk about this more next week, but the Apostle Paul outlines in 1 Corinthians what's called the gifts of the Spirit. And in the gifts of the Spirit, the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit will inspire one believer with a word of knowledge, with a word of wisdom, with a prophetic word, and go and speak to somebody else and say something like, man, I feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about you. And that's very encouraging. The fourth way that God speaks to us is just through wisdom. Just through wisdom. Now, here's what you need to know about these four is this is a hierarchy. This is a hierarchy. The, the, the ones on top are always subject to, uh, or I'm sorry, the ones, the ones on the bottom are always subject to the ones on top. The ones on the bottom will never conflict with what's on top, which means this. You can never tell me the Holy Spirit said it's okay if I sleep with my girlfriend because the Word said that we're to flee sexual immorality. You can never tell me God told you it's okay to cheat on your taxes because we're called to be the light of the world. Are you hearing me? When I talk about wisdom, I mean, you can navigate life. If you're here and you want to start a business, let's say you want to get in real estate. 
There are some real estate agents that attend this church that are very successful. I could hook you up with. And you could sit down with them and say, hey, how did you get successful? What do you do? And I'm just telling you, you can learn from the wisdom of somebody else. And God will speak to you through the wisdom of other people. The Bible tells us this, that that in the multitude of counsel, in the multitude of wisdom, there's safety. You're getting ready to make a big decision. You need to get two or three people that you trust, that are Christ followers, that you know love the Lord, especially if if you're making a decision in the area of their expertise. You can lean into them and learn something. Come on, somebody. But here's what I want you to know is if you're learning from somebody, for example, on how to do real estate, and they show you five things, and the fifth thing is they're like, hey, listen, now this is a little secret. Not everybody does this because it's a little bit illegal, but here's what I do on my contracts, and I get an extra percentage point on the end. If they tell you to do something, even though it's good wisdom that's helping them be successful, but it contradicts what the Word says or what the Spirit says, you throw that out. Yeah. Are you all hearing what I'm telling you? And so this is how God speaks to us. When, when we read the Word, God speaks to us through the Word. When we're, when we're doing life, the Spirit of God will speak to us. At times, someone may come up to you and share something. Hey, I feel like the Lord told me this. Now, if someone ever comes up and says, hey, I feel like the Lord told me to tell you to go to Africa. If that's not what the Lord's telling you to do, throw that out. Are you all hearing what I'm telling you? And this is how you navigate. So God does speak to us. But and here's, the, here's the thing is the Word, the Word is very general and it's for all of us. But the Spirit speaks very specific to us. Have you ever sat in church? I, I know, I know because y'all say this to me, and I have sat where you are at, and I feel the same way. Have you ever sat in church and a speaker speaking, and it feels like they're, I mean, in a mist, there could be a thousand people in the room, and it feels like they're talking just to you, that they were hiding in your closet that week and heard a conversation you thought nobody heard? Wave at me. I wasn't there, but you know who was there and heard the conversation? The Holy Spirit. And so when I'm preaching the general word, the Holy Spirit applies it specifically to your life. It's funny to me because a lot of times I'll preach a message, this is crazy to me, and I'll talk about something and someone will come, someone will come up to me and say, Pastor Steve, that, I mean, I, I'll talk about marriage. And someone will, come, someone will come up and say, Pastor Steve, that was a great word on business. Man, I really felt like God told me exactly what to do in business. I walk around like, I wasn't talking about business? Were you even paying attention? But you know what's happening? The Holy Spirit is applying specific wisdom and direction about the general word I was preaching. I would say it this way if you're taking notes. Listen to this. Is the word, is the what? The spirit is about the when and how. So if I said, and here's what the word says, here's what the Bible says. Jesus said, love your neighbor. Well, does that mean you're supposed to love every person you come along? Like you would never get anything done in life. Every time you came across somebody, you'd have to help them, encourage them, love them. You would get, not get anything else done. So yes, we are to love our neighbor. But it's the spirit of God when you're driving down the road and the Lord says, pull over here. Help that person. Give that person money. I was walking through my neighborhood about three weeks ago, and, uh, and I'm walking down the road, and there's one of my neighbors. I don't know him, but he's unloading a big old truckload of wood. And I felt like the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to go help him unload that wood. Now, I didn't like what he said to me. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing about what the Holy Spirit, you won't always like it. In fact, you won't always agree with it. But I'm just telling you, the Holy, Holy Spirit whispered me and said, you need to help him unload that wood. Now, because the Bible already told me to love my neighbor, the Holy Spirit showed me exactly when and how to do it. And so I just want you to know something today. Listen, this is, this is so helpful. The Spirit of God is with you, and he's in you to help you to navigate decisions. As you live life, he's there to show you, turn right, turn left. Whoa, slow down. Sometimes he's there to tell you it's a yellow light, but if you punch it, you can make it. Oh, wait, no, that's just me. <laughs> it was an <the> orange light. <laughs> 
There needs to be a fourth color. If I, if I can pass some laws, it doesn't seem to go right. It doesn't just meet green, yellow. We need like green, yellow, orange, orange, red, and then red. Give me a little more leeway. Just come on. Don't laugh at me. I have this past week, I was driving, and I went through an orange light. There was a car probably about 50 feet behind me. I'm like, man, I know. Do you ever get judgmental on somebody when you're breaking the law? I was like, I know they ran a red light. And I'm like, I ran it too. <laughs> it's red, it's red. So listen to this. So again, the word is the what. It's this general revelation. It's general direction. But the Holy Spirit comes and applies the wisdom of the word to our specific, my specific, your specific daily journey, daily decisions. Where I'm married, you may be single, but God can speak to you the same way he speaks to me. In fact, let me give you another very specific example of how this works. So here's what Jesus told us to do as disciples. Everybody here, read this with me. And then he told them, come on, y'all say it, go into all the world and preach the good news to now, this is, this is what's known as the Great Commission. Some of Jesus' final words to his disciples, to us still here today, is what's going to change this world. It's not better politics, not better politicians. What's going to change this world is people finding out that Jesus loves them, died for them, and they can experience life change through him. And so only, well, the only way that's going to happen is people who've experienced life change communicate life change. We say it this way at Faith Church, that lost people find people. That if you have been saved, it's your job, your calling, all of us in this room, we are called. Listen to this. You may say, well, that's not my personality. Well, hear me. Your personality is subject to what the word calls us to. So he says to all of us, go into all the world and preach the good news to who? Now, does that mean everyone today that we should walk out of this place, we should go buy plane tickets, and you should go to Asia, and you go to North Africa, and you go to South Africa, and I, you know, I go to the Philippines, and you go to Nigeria, and you go to Central? Does that mean that? Does that mean you tell every single person you come across, do you share the gospel? No. Well, that's the word, but it's general, that, you, that we should be looking for opportunities to share the gospel. So this is a word. This is not an optional. This is command to everybody. But I want you to notice, again, the word is general. The Spirit leads us specific of how and when. Watch how this is fulfilled in the life of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a missionary. He went about preaching the gospel, establishing the New Testament church. And here's what the Bible says about him and his cohort, Silas. Check this out. It says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit, watch this, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province, oh, sorry, in the province of Asia at that time. So they were going to do what Jesus said. Jesus said, go preach the gospel. They're like, all right, let's go preach the gospel. And they're going to preach the gospel, and all of a sudden they hit an invisible wall. No, 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 don't go there. On the inside, they felt an internal urging, an internal whisper. Don't go there. In fact, not just don't go there, just don't go there right now. Wait a minute, Jesus told me to go preach the word. I'm going to tell you, I told you to preach the word, but the spirit of God is there to lead us when and where and how. How do we walk this out? When do we make that decision? When do we get in a relationship? When do we start a business? I'm telling you, the spirit of God will lead you in every step of life if you'll open up your heart. And so they're walking along and the Holy Spirit says, well, not now, not here. We'll keep going. Then, coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of uh, Bithynia. 
But again, watch this, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So they're walking, nope, don't go there. Walking, nope, don't go here. Well, he's leading them somewhere, verse 8. So instead, they went through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. You can go on and read, and there the spirit of God used them to preach the gospel. What I want you to see is this. What I want you to hear is this, is that every one of us in this room, we have all been called to share what Christ has done in our lives. Every one of us in this room, and that may not be your personality, but God's not calling you to stand on the corner with the born. What God is calling us to is in the context of our personal relationships to share our personal story. That when God hooks you up in relationship and you're sitting along with somebody in a study group or you're sitting along with somebody on lunch at work or you're sitting along with somebody in your neighborhood having a conversation, I promise you if you are listening to the whisper of the Holy Spirit, he will tell you when and how to do the what. God will give you opportunity to share your personal story about your personal encounter with a personal savior and all of us have that responsibility to share what God has done for us because that's the only way they will know is if you care to tell them how big your God is and how awesome his grace is and what he's done for us and so I, I just know this that there are times in my life like I'm sure there's times in yours that as you're walking through life, you will feel and you will sense the whisper of the Holy Spirit. You will feel the urging of direction in your life to talk to somebody, to open up a conversation. And I know those times are challenging. We'll talk about that. But at the end of the day, what you just need to hear, what I need to buy into is that the promise of the Holy Spirit is with us and he's with us to lead us. And if you will listen, you will sense the urging and the direction of the Holy Spirit to make very specific decisions in your life that will help determine the direction of your life that will get you to the destination of your life. And so as we go through this, how, how do, what's that look like, the, the direction of the Holy Spirit? What's that look like? Well, if you're taking notes, here's what, here's what Paul said. Paul said in Romans 8, 14, he says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God, are children of God. So one of the markers that you're a child of God, one of the markers is that the Spirit of God is leading your life. That's one of the benefits of being a child of God. This word led is really important. He's, it means to be, uh, to be led by laying a hold of. It's like grabbing somebody, right, and like helping shift them. Like sometimes my son, when he was real small, I'm like, no, son, go this way, and I'd have to grab his shoulders, and no, son, this way. That's what the Holy Spirit sometimes will feel like in our heart. I'm going to talk about this in a, in a, in a minute. It, it means being guided to a destination. So this is Jesus' promise. Man, this is powerful. And so here's what I want you to know. If this is probably the best way I can explain it is because if you maybe have never, if you're here and you're new to church or new to spiritual things, you're like, like I want to know more. What's it mean to be led by the Spirit? What's it, what's it feel like? This is a very crude way to explain it, but I'd say it this way. Is everybody in this room has felt hunger before, haven't you? Yep. It's, this in, 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 it's an internal, quiet, not everybody, nobody hears it unless, unless you got the bubble gut. <laughs> and you're like, did everybody hear that or did I just hear that? <laughs> but more, normally, man, when you, when you feel hunger, it's an inner urging that pushes you in a direction to make a decision. Is that right? And we all have it. And when I say hunger, I mean primarily food, but I'm talking about everybody in this room has felt some other hungers. You felt some relational hunger. Like, I need to ask her out. I need to call her. I need to send her a message. Sometimes we feel urgings other ways. I need to look at that. I need to watch that. 
And we all have felt, and it's not an outside voice, hey, click that page. Hey, call them. Like, it's just this inner urging. Are you all feeling what I'm telling you? Like, it's just this inner pool we feel in life that we need to go that direction. We need to involve in that person. We need to watch. We, we just feel that. And so the same way, when I talk about being led by the Spirit, I'm not talking about that. I mean, I wish. Honestly, I wish it was probably this easy. Don't you wish the clouds would part and, like, you would see God's head stick out of space and just look down and say, Steve, this is exactly what I want you to do, and write it down on a napkin for you and give it to you? Yeah, he don't do that. However, all of us in this room, we can sense and we can feel in our hearts the whispers of the Holy Spirit. When I was walking down the road, and I mentioned earlier, I didn't feel God say, hey, go help him with the wood. I just felt a still small voice. I felt an urging. This is the right thing to do. And I had been following Christ long enough. I'm able now, because I'm more mature in my spiritual journey, maybe than some of you, the longer you follow Christ, the more clear and distinct his voice will become, I promise you. So if you're new to this, it gets better. But here's what I want you to know is the same way that when you feel like hunger, that internal voice pulling you in a direction, here's what I'd say. Listen to this because there's a couple voices we have in our hearts. Number one, we got our flesh. Come on, somebody, you got to help me and be honest. And I, my flesh always leads me to what's selfish. Let me give another one. The devil, because you do, listen, you may not know it, but the same way you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you can hear the voice of an evil spirit. And all of us in this room, that's where temptation sometimes comes from, is, is the voice of the enemy trying to lead us to do something that doesn't honor God. I wish y'all would help me. Y'all are very quiet. And number three, it's the spirit, watch this, it's the spirit that leads me to do what's glorifying to the Father. You know, I really wanted to find something that was less churchy here. But I'm okay with this because when I say it glorifies the Father, that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I'm here to glorify the Father. I only do what pleases the Father. He says, my meat, my joy in life is doing what honors the Father. And I'm here to tell you, listen to me, if you are led by the Spirit, if you're listening to the whisper of the Holy Spirit, if you are, if you are yielding to the urging of the Holy Spirit, it will always lead you in a direction that honors God with your life. Your relationships will honor God. Your business dealings will honor God when you yield to the Holy Spirit. And so here's the thing is, watch this, because at times, <laughs> you will see this, at times, if you're new to church and you think church people are crazy, it's right here we're going to sound like we're crazy. Because at times, you don't have just one of these. At times, you got multiple of these going on. See, if, you, if I'm the only person saying that, then I look crazy. Some of you got to help me out. Anybody here sometimes feel a conflict of voices telling you what to do? Help me. So in this challenge, like, here, here's, here's the example. So there was a show on Netflix coming out, and uh, anybody here Netflix bingers? Yeah, you got, that, you got that look in your eyes, like, glazed over. <laughs> but don't you got to love it? Like, you can go from one episode to the next, no commercials. I'm telling you, God's in that. Yeah. That's, Netflix is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, so there was a show coming out. I'm not going to tell you what it was because it's not relevant because I don't want you to hear you saying I watched it or I'm, I don't want you feeling condemned if you watch it. But I was waiting for it to come out because I, I'm, look, I was looking for a show that my wife and I could watch because she watches dumb shows and I watch good shows. So I was looking for a show we can watch. I'm telling you, I, I walk in, my wife watches the um, Hallmark Channel, yes. the ladies, ladies Network something. I forget what it's called. And you can tell as soon as you walk in the room because it's got a girl hating on a guy in 10 seconds. You know, that's the ladies' network. 
And I said, I said, I can't. I try to watch it with her. I can't. I don't love her that much. I just can't do it. So I was looking for a show we could watch together. So my wife, she likes, she likes Law and Order, stuff like that. So I seen this show coming out on Netflix, and I thought, that looks like a good show we can watch together. So I'm watching this show, and <laughs> come on. And I'm watching the show, and she's laying beside me. I talked her into it. We're like, okay. And so we start watching this show, and all of a sudden, I mean, not very long in the show, some language comes up, and I, regardless of how you feel about language, you know, whatever. So I'm like, ah, I mean, it's a little language heavy. I'm kind of squinting through it. And all of a sudden, I, I feel, you know, the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. It's like, and, the, and I feel the urging of the Holy Spirit, like, hey, you might want to change this because this, this isn't really glorifying. What you're watching isn't really glorifying God. And I was going to change it, and then the devil's like, and I heard another voice say, oh, come on, it ain't that bad. And the Holy Spirit's like, what's that bad? It's not that good either. So I get ready to change it, and I hear the devil say, um, this bad scene's going to be over in a second. Just just close your eyes. It'll be over. <laughs> Anybody here ever feel that pull? And it's the wrestle. Now, here's, here's how you know what voice you're listening to. It's because at times you'll be led by your own desires in life, your own desire to be greedy, your own desire to be lustful, your own desire for personal preservation. We all feel and sense our own internal pull, and it leads you to what's selfish. We all sense and wrestle with the temptation of the enemy, and it always leads us to what's rebellious. But if you are a child of God, you have access to the whisper and the urging and the prompting of the Holy Spirit and will always lead you to, glorify, to what's glorifying to God. Like, for example, someone says, hey, Pastor Steve, I felt like I should witness to my boss, but I wasn't sure if that was the devil or not. Well, I'm tell, people have told me, Pastor Steve, I was sitting in church and I felt like the Lord told me to write a $1,000 check. I thought, that's crazy. I can't do that. Is that God? Let me ask the question because you can filter it through this. Does writing a $1,000 check, is that selfish? No, that's generous. That's not you. You will never of your own accord write a $1,000 check. The devil will never tempt you to bless the church. The devil will never tempt you to share the gospel. The devil will never tempt you to love your neighbor. So if it's not your flesh and it's not the devil and it's glorifying to God, who do you think that is whispering to you? So here's what Paul says. Paul says, here, here's, here's the challenge between, <laughs> I know there's medication for multiple voices, but I'm talking about that spiritual <laughs> internal thing. That there's, this, there's these voices we wrestle with. Watch this. He says this. He says, so I say, come on, everybody read this. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So if I listen and yield to the Holy Spirit, I won't listen to my flesh. I won't listen to my, my personal self, selfish self-preservation. I'll do what sometimes is uncomfortable, what sometimes is sacrificial, but it's glorifying God. He says the sinful nature, that's our flesh, wants to do what's evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit, this is so good. Because some of you who are new to church, you're like, where did that come from? Where did that, 
I never thought I'd want to be in church, and all of a sudden I want to be in church. I never thought I'd give a dime. Now I feel like I want to be generous. I never, I never thought I'd help in a ministry, and now I want to go to church. I want to be. Where did that come from? Because when you become a child of God, the Spirit comes in you, and the Spirit gives us desires. Aren't you thankful for new desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants? You got, you got our flesh. You got the Holy Spirit. You got the devil. You got the Spirit of God. He says, again, and these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. It's not easy to do this because of that internal struggle, because of those multiple voices trying to challenge different directions. And so the challenge as we navigate this is this. Here's how he ends it. He says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation of the law of Moses. He's saying, He's saying you'll naturally do what pleases God. You don't have to figure out, is that right, is that wrong? When you're led by the Spirit, it naturally leads to us glorifying God with our life. Isn't that awesome? Well, you know why we don't do it? If we're honest here today, because there's, there's a couple different words that are used in Scripture. Words like that we rebel against the Holy Spirit. We resist the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit. There's times we, I promise you, if you're a child of God, every one of you in this room that said yes to Jesus, you've heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit. We just don't always like what he says, so we resist it. We, 1 Thessalonians 5 says we quench the Holy Spirit. It's like a burning fire and you'd like to do something. And man, like get involved, lead a small group, share your testimony, love somebody. And like we pour water on it. Why? Because we feel like, we feel like the Holy Spirit's putting us in jeopardy. Like sometimes we feel like the Holy Spirit's putting us in harm's way. I'm telling you, your best life can only be found by following the Spirit of God's leading in your life. That's the only way. And so while you think it'll end up bad, you're missing what's best by quenching, by stopping, by resisting the Holy Spirit. And so as I wrap this up, a couple of things real quick. The presence of His voice is founded on salvation. That's all you have to do to be a candidate for the whisper of the Holy Spirit is salvation. When you get saved, but, but the volume of his voice is founded on relationship and obedience. So the moment you get saved, the presence of the Holy Spirit is there. But what makes the volume of the Holy Spirit very loud and very clear, very quiet, is sometimes hard to understand is relationship and obedience. Because the closer you get to him, the louder his voice will get to you. As you spend time with the Lord, as you spend time praying, as you show up in church and you really hone in and, and you worship God, that makes you attuned to the Holy Spirit. Makes you attuned to the Holy Spirit. And when his voice is honored, the louder it becomes. The more you quench, the more you say, no, no, I'm not giving. No, I'm not helping. No, Holy Spirit, I, that's, I'm, I'm staying in this relationship. I don't care what you say. I love this guy even though it's not the guy you have for me. God, every time you say no, every time you resist, it makes your heart harder and his voice gets quieter. The more you obey, the louder it gets because the softer your heart gets. And so I'm just telling you, you have control in how you choose to live and how loud the voice of the Spirit is that we all have access to. And so I want to pray for you today that the Spirit of God will help you with that. Father, 
I thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit that all of us have in this room as children of God. And I pray in Jesus' name that God, in our spiritual journey, in our walk, God, we'll lean into you, we'll trust you. That God, in difficult decisions, when we feel unsure of what to do, when we feel unsure of what's in front of us, that God, we can have a new confidence that you will direct our steps and you'll lead us in the right way. God, help us to trust you. When it's a direction that maybe is outside of what we're comfortable with, maybe it's going to lead us in a place that we're unfamiliar with. God, let us trust that you will always lead us in the right way. Make us sensitive and make us submissive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, very quickly, I want to tell you, listen, if you're hearing you say, Pastor Steve, I've, I've, never, I've never been saved. I've never said yes to Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit to talk to me. I want what you're talking about. That starts, what initiates the whisper of the Holy Spirit in your life is you becoming God's child. The Bible says all of us have sinned, all of us have messed up, all of us have made mistakes, and that's what separates us from God. But the Bible makes it clear. God's promises, he loves you, and he has forgiveness for you if you'll just say yes. And so before I close, if you're here and you say, Pastor Steve, I want to say yes. I want to say yes to God's grace in my life. I want to say yes to the Holy Spirit in my life. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus or you're backslidden, you're away from God, and today you want to recommit your life to Christ, as I close this in prayer, if you want to include it in that prayer, I want you to lift a hand real high. Is there anybody here say, Pastor Steve, today I want to say yes to Jesus in my life. Today I want to say yes to salvation and his forgiveness. Is there anybody here? Come on, lift a hand real high. I'm going to lead you in prayer. We're going to close. Is there anybody here? Thank you. Anybody else? As you sit there, maybe you didn't lift a hand, but in your heart, this is all you have to say is, Jesus, save me, forgive me, make me your child, and help me to follow you the rest of my life. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen.